Welcome to What If So What, the podcast where we ask what's possible with digital and figure out how to make it real in your business. I'm Jim Hertzfeld. And I'm Kim Chopek. We're part of Proficient's digital strategy team. And today we'll ask what if, so what, and most importantly, now what? Welcome to season two of the What If, So What podcast. We are really excited to be back. We're excited to be interviewing. We're excited to share some new original podcast music. And mostly, we're excited about the reaction from season one. Jim? Hey, Kim. Yeah, it is great to be back. And I just want to take a second to thanks everyone who discovered the show, listened, subscribed, shared the show. We had a lot of great feedback and interaction from our listeners, and it really helped us inform the way we want to go forward. And it was very constructive. For a moment, I think back in the wintertime, we thought about launching Clubhouse, but thankfully we didn't bother doing that. That would have been a waste of time. But anyway, the podcast is working great. We're excited about it. And what I like most about it is the premise and the purpose of the show, from my perspective, still holds up. You know, In our everyday lives, we're talking about big ideas and, and hype and reducing it down to what matters and why it matters. And it's something, you know, frankly, we, we just don't see that happening often enough in, in the media, among the analysts and other consultancies. So that was certainly validation, at least. And we're just doubling down on that by launching season two. That's right. And I feel like we have a great lineup of topics and guests and, of course, a lot of questions. Like, what if you could invent on demand with Andy Hunt from Hershey's, everyone's favorite candy brand? What if you had to lead digital natives as a digital immigrant with Lisa Bowman, chief Mojo officer and host of the Mojo Moment? And what if you never had to go to your doctor's office again with Tom Swanson from Adobe? And of course, our season two opener with just you and me, Jim, what if execution really is strategy? Great questions, Kim. I'm glad we had some great guests to go on this journey with us. But we're going to get into some new territory today. In season one, we opened with talking about sort of disambiguating what we meant by digital. And we actually thought about it a lot, uh, but we think about strategy a lot as well. And we thought it needed kind of a similar treatment because there are two really loaded words that can go in a lot of directions. Right, Kim? I think everything you brought up is spot on. And I think you're exactly right. What we learned in season one is organizations need to get real. But we heard a lot about execution issues, which I think is why we thought it would be good to open season two with this discussion around strategy versus execution. And strategy like digital means so many things to so many different people. We've talked about it's a direction to go. You know, we're going to choose A instead of B because of X, Y, and Z. Or it's a plan. You know, it's just a plan and that plan can change tomorrow if it needs to. Or, you know, as we hear sometimes on the consulting side, oh, that's just something that we need to do maybe before the real work begins. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's my favorite. Yeah. All that stuff that happens before development. Right. Right. Which might be true. I, we can talk about that. But the reality is this strategy isn't what it used to be, uh, especially when it comes to digital. I think it's kind of all of, of the above. It's a plan. It's something that happens before, quote unquote, the development or the real work begins. It's maybe directional for some organizations. It's, it's really all those things, but it's not what it used to be. I think Part of why people have difficulty with the word strategy is probably the same reason people have trouble with the word transformation. It's big, it's scary, it sounds complicated, and years of past strategy meant maybe years of research and business cases and modeling and, you know, 10, 20-year roadmaps. 
it's just not the case anymore. We have to be more agile. We have to allow for flexibility. We still have to have a plan, in my opinion, before we execute, but it needs to just take on a different form. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we've seen it change, you know, in, in front of us. And even the term digital, you know, as we kind of talked about in last season, has evolved, right? But mostly because I think it's so pervasive. I think we concluded that it's really about, when we say digital, it's really about driving a better customer experience. Again, because it's pervasive, it's everywhere. So it's, again, it deserved a little definition. And I think, you know, in this world, again, everything's faster, everything, not just because of digital, the world's smaller. This idea that we got to get close to our customers is a shared goal. It's a shared outcome. And what organization says, yeah, I really don't need to be closer to my customers. Right. <laughs> you right. know, well, yes. we're, we're okay without them. They want to be closer. They want to differentiate. You know, they want to defend the market share that they have, right? They want more loyalty. They want to make more money, right? <laughs> they want to save money. You know, nobody doesn't want to do that. And so, the joke is we we'll talk about to a team about what they want to do and know and why they need a strategy. You know, we want to get better. We want to grow. It's kind of like saying, what's your strategy to beat the other team? Well, it's to score more points. Well, wait a minute. How are you going to do that? And I think the answer more and more is digital. You know, the answer is the way we're going to get there, the way we're going to get closer to our customers and grow our business is to become more digital. So as I think as they go down and start to answer their own questions, they want to digitize their products and services and experiences. They want to be more omni-channel, you know, digital enables that. They want to leverage data. They want to use that data to personalize those experiences. These are all the tricks, you know, and all the technology that's going to make their business better. And the list goes on, right? A lot of organizations can jump in and start doing that. You know, we can flip a switch, subscribe to some cloud service, you know, get a development team going tomorrow. And sure, you can make progress. You can become more data driven. <laughs> you know, you can make more money. But the reality, and I think coming back to why strategy is relevant, you can jump in, but you got to kind of balance strategy and execution. You got to have a little bit of direction before you get started. You have to maintain that direction as you go and as you learn. And, you know, there's a phrase, can we love? We use this all the time. I think it's a Japanese proverb, but I wish I could say this in Japanese. That would be really cool. Vision without execution is a daydream, but execution without a vision is a nightmare. And we've seen way too many challenged projects and big ambitions and really smart people that are kind of operating and executing without that vision. And it's tough, right? It brings its own problems. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we have a listener who can translate that for us. <laughs> Another uh, phrase that I've used for years, a platform is not a strategy. And insert any noun there, design is not a strategy. A single experience is not a strategy. To your point, it just implies you've leapt to execution and you don't know what you're going to do with this thing once you get it up and running. And then you're never going to be able to ladder it back to the outcomes that you mentioned before. So it kind of comes back to this, so what moment? So what is strategy then? If we're saying that you have to have it, you can't just dive into execution. Where do you start? And I think we've had a lot of good conversations around this and sort of refining and, and talking about the difference between strategy and execution. So in my mind, what a good strategy does for an organization at a very high level, right? It resolves uncertainty. It allows the organization to make better decisions. It really should allow for knowing exactly what customers need. It helps prioritize the right things. And those things can be big rocks or they can be pebbles. It helps figure out then what kinds of people, process, technologies will enable that strategy, that vision. 
But overall, it just sets that North Star. And we talk about it's maybe a little bit of a cliche, but things become cliches for a reason. It makes sense. When we say North Star, what we're saying is a good strategy really needs to do all of these things. And that's your North Star. But then when we think about what a good strategy is, or maybe principles of a good strategy, the things that we really think about when we're putting together a strategy in a North Star is, does it build on the people, process, technology foundations you have? We really want to use what's working and be pretty surgical, pretty maybe in some cases ruthless about what's working, what's not working, but we really want to leverage the foundation that exists. It has to be realistic and achievable. And that goes back to, we're not doing 10-year roadmaps anymore. We're not even doing three-year roadmaps anymore. We're really looking at 12 to 18 months. And that's especially true current date and time post-pandemic right now. We have to be ready for the next pandemic, the next thing. Yeah. I I don't want a three-month roadmap again. That that was tough. (laughs) Or a 30-day roadmap. That's a little, might be taking it too far. Let's move fast, but. Absolutely. Absolutely. It has to be based on real world learnings. Like you said, we we work with a lot of smart people. Let's leverage our learnings and experience and put it into practice. A big thing that I always think about is how are we going to measure results? Don't say increase revenue. Say increase revenue by how much, by when. Because we have to know what's being successful. We have to know when we might need to course correct. It really should be practical and uh, we should be able to communicate the progress and measuring comes with that. And I think overall, you know, we really want to make sure that it's flexible and flexible and changeable really means that it adheres to the principles that I just talked about, because that should allow us, you know, if we're not hitting the mark or if we have good measurement and we're not hitting our KPIs, we should be able to change and flex as part of the strategy. And that implies, you know, you understand where you are in the path to maturity That implies that it aligns really well to enterprise strategy. That implies that you've aligned internally to your organization and you're allowing for iteration, you're allowing for sharing, you're allowing for almost like a design thinking approach. And more importantly, it's inclusive of every team that the strategy impacts. So when it comes to defining strategy, you can say what it does. But you really want to make sure you're thinking about what it is so that you can build a strategy that's actionable. And that's what it comes down to, right? The strategy has to be executable. And I think that's why people get it confused all the time. Exactly. And that's what keeps it from being a daydream, right? The the rest of your life. So Exactly. Kim, I love that. I know this is, we try to live this every day. I was just talking to a client the other day, literally was describing binders. They call them playbooks, you know, which are kind of, elements of the strategy that are just untouched, you know, versions of them that churn through. So we take this pretty seriously. It's important us to share. And I, you know, I hope this sort of disambiguates it for some people. It is challenging. And part of the difficulties of adopting a strategy is you're trying to predict the future. You know, who wants to predict something and be wrong? You know, it's hard. Was it Yogi Berra, I think, said predicting is difficult, like especially about the future. A plan is a list of things that don't happen. Yeah, right, right, right. And the map is not the terrain. I mean, there's all kinds of counter quips that we could throw out there. Hopefully, we've clarified is the reasons are different, right? Our reasons, like, like, hey, you need a strategy so that you can get directional to get started. Because when you get started, you're going to learn. You know, that's really the underlying formula, I think, behind what, you know, thinking big, starting small, moving fast. 
you know, so just getting started is so hard. So I think that really informs a lot of our approach. And I think if we kind of recapping today so far, you know, what if, you know, what if you could be more digital to help your business? So what? So get a strategy. That's what, right? But be really smart about it. There's a way to be really clever about it. There's a way to be savvy about it. There's a way to sort of throw away what you thought the strategy was and, and think differently. And I think the now what here is something we wanted to share today is how do we do it? We have an approach, a framework. We're a digital consultancy. We've thought about this. We don't have the binders. We have the framework, but we don't have the binders. We don't have a binder. No, the binder is itself digital. What I love about the way we honestly, the way we do this as a company, and we're hesitant, by the way, to kind of make this about us, but we think it's exciting to share because there are other ways to do it. And we didn't invent every technique. We didn't invent the umbrella, right? But we know when to carry one when it rains. So there are a lot of techniques out there and how you pull them together are really important. I think the way we've done it is, is something we hope we can share with people because I think there, there's nine important elements to think about when you get into the strategy. And the one I'll start with is understanding and being informed with strong insights. And that begins with the market. What's the, what's out there today? And there's so many companies don't use customer insights or customer research or even competitive analysis to understand what's out there. And again, it's a little bit scary. Like we have a secret formula. Hey, we have a lot of success. Let's keep doing it. You know, again, the world changes. So how do you get good market insights to know what's out there right now? You know, and there are a lot of ways to do this in an ongoing real time way with analytics and so on. But sometimes you have to stop and sort of smell the roses. Yeah, I think secondly, you really got to be realistic about what your business is really doing. We think about capabilities. Where do we stand? How do we benchmark in terms of whether that's SEO performance or it's supply chain capabilities or shipping speed and velocity, you know, the skills that we have, the readiness, the culture. It's really kind of taking an inward look and being honest about is what we got us here today going to get us where we want to go? You know, is what made us a great brand going to make us a great digital brand? And so it's really taking those insights from the outside and bringing them in. And then from a system perspective, how do the systems satisfy the capabilities we need, enable the experiences that our, our market is really looking for? So I think there's a, it really starts with creating good insights, answering tough questions about what the market wants and where you fit into that universe, right? And also, you know, to your point, earlier point, Kim, like, what can you build on? Like, I have something that I can work with today. So I think that baseline understanding is really important. The next three are really about getting ideas and going from kind of why you need to move to what. How do you put the ideas in place? And I think one of the core principles in our strategic approach is this sort of layering of the organization. I just sort of implied it. But if you think about this is what my customers want, well, let's hurry up and give it to them. You know, let's be out there. Let's be more competitive. However, what if your customers kind of don't know what they want? What if there's technology that can unlock something? You know, so you can't just be top down all the time. You got to think bottom up. It's cliche, but Henry Ford said, if I asked customers what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. You know, so when you think about what's possible, and I love working with clients who are trying to develop a strategy to think about how they're under leveraging the technology they already have, you know, and, and we, we see that a lot, but it's, it's a gem because it's all this untapped opportunity. So that's kind of moving from the bottom up. And I think there's a middle layer like, well, okay, if I got this technology and it just activates these great experiences, well, then what? Well, you've got to operationalize it. You've got to develop differently. You have to monitor and run differently. You have to provide service differently. So 
how do all these three things align together? You know, you've got to really be inspired and you've got to architect. And this is another key. This could be a whole other episode of what is architecture, but you have to architect and orchestrate these things together. And then I think where it gets really interesting is you got to make really hard decisions. I got to decide what's in and what's out. And Kim, I know you were on a client call in the last hour and you have a hard time getting them to decide what they're going to pack on the trip. Yes. This is where my uh, mom skills come into play. You must make a decision and you must make a decision today. How can I help you make that decision? That's good. And the trunk of the, the suitcase is only so big, right? That's right. So it's decision-making. And I, I know it's something we go back to all the time, make good decisions. So you know where you are, you got all the ideas. Now let's make really good decisions about them. And then let's go forward. So I think the last three things are now that we kind of know that, we know what's possible. How do you focus on the right outcomes? You know, be intentional. You mentioned this measurement, like what are the objective smart goals, right? Specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, time-based. Let's be really hyper-focused on that. I love talking in terms of measurement, you know, whether it's a business case. You have to. Yeah, because it pulls out all the truth, right? It pulls out all the truth and it allows you to make a decision today. So you're making a decision knowing that there are clear earmarks along the way where you can change your mind, but you have to start somewhere, like you said. So outcomes, I think, are so important. It's a reality check, right? But then how do you mobilize this? How do you get the resources? How do you get the initiatives, the people, the project charters, the briefs, the roadmap, the backlog. Like, let's just start with epics and features. We'll keep it as simple as we can, but there are a lot of ways to sort of mobilize. So there's no good strategy to me that doesn't end with turning those outcomes and ideas into real work. And that may sound like a lot, right? I think, again, we've got some clever ways to make this work quickly. You know, I think this is sometimes a lifestyle choice. It's not really a diet that you have to go on, <laughs> you know, but, but sometimes Kim, like strategy is not there. I mean, the clock is ticking. We got to move fast, you know, but you have some great thoughts that I thought we could close with, which is, you know, how if the strategy is, as we know it or understood it, can't be sold. It can't be bought. If there can't build consensus around doing the strategy, what can you do to be strategic anyway? Yeah, I think. And. Again, it comes back to execution, the way everybody wants to get to versus taking a step back. So that that difference between strategy and execution and how they blend. Sometimes we like to frame it up as supportive versus strategic. So just in terms of it's a lifestyle, not a diet, because you really want to shift to being more strategic while you continue to support the day-to-day -day business. And that's hard to do. But I think if you're able to shift a cultural mindset to be more strategic, then you kind of get into that supportive groove. So we sort of give an example of both. So on the supportive side, you have something like a point solution. But on the strategic side, you have a vision of a future integrated platform. Supportive is more short-term, strategic is long-term. Supportive might be supporting a product on a daily basis, but strategic is, you know, we have a portfolio of products and here's a vision of how they're all going to work together. I think another good example we always talk about internally is taking orders. That's supportive. Like, yes, I will want to finish these tasks. Tell me what to do. I will do them. But how are these laddering up to the bigger change on the strategic side? We want to drive change through these orders. Are we? You know, are we not? And that kind of ties to being reactive and proactive. I think when you have a good strategy in place, it allows you to both be reactive in the moment because you have a clear vision of how that proactivity, you know, how you can build proactivity into your future plans. And I think 
this kind of goes to the last point of why, again, people are afraid of the word strategy. They think it's going to take longer. But the fact is, you know, while the supportive, you can be fast on a day-to-day basis being supportive, but if you want to be even faster, you have to have that strategy in place. It allows people more agility and uh, kind of lets me move in the moment knowing what the future vision is. Speaking of fast, it looks like we're out of time. We are, Kim. But let's focus on that fast because I do, I do think that is so critical. It's the one common denominator that every one of our clients, every one of our product teams or project teams is concerned with is speed. Just can't emphasize it enough. So Jim, we covered a lot here today, but the question is, did we answer what is strategy? I think we came pretty close, Kim, but of course, we'll have to circle back at the end of season two and uh, see what new things we learned from our guests and, and see what we miss. So we hope you join us. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. And of course, to all the new so what's we'll learn about. That's right. Till then, keep asking what if, so what, and most importantly, now what? You've been listening to What If, So What? the digital strategy podcast from Proficient with Jim Hertzfeld and Kim Chopek. We want to thank our Proficient colleagues, J.D. Norman and Rick Bauer for our music today. Subscribe to the podcast and don't miss a single episode. You can find this season along with show notes at proficient.com. Thanks for listening.